Hosting for your tech life. Proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want. all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Episode 261 by my count. Uh, now there have been intermediate episodes. Uh, for example, CES, I normally keep the same number. And uh, three sub-episodes. <laughs> But let's, let's not count them. Probably could, I guess. There's a number of files there. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. My name's Trevor Long. You can find me at eftm.com.au or on Twitter at Trevor Long. Always good to chat with you there. And if you've got a question about te- technology, a problem with technology, or you just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, jump on the Twitter, jump on the website, or jump on the phone, one 800 157 Happy to help try and get you on the show, and we'll uh, talk about your technology questions. We're going to talk uh, TV streaming. We're going to talk about laptop str- uh, screen resolutions. What else are we going to talk about here? We're going to talk about PVRs. We're going to talk about uh, a couple of calls about PVRs, actually. We're going to talk about Twitter, and we're going to talk about an app which I featured on the Today Show this week, The Baby Diary. So uh, for people who have young children or expecting children, or frankly, you know people who are going to have kids soon. You might want to listen because then it's a great suggestion for an app, either for them or for you, whatever it might be. Um, Plus, I'm going to run through some of the comments on the old iTunes. I'm going to talk a little bit about Twitter. I'm going to talk about drones. Ooh, drones. So all in the news this week, timely because I got one. Uh, So that's a bit awkward, but um, all over the news. But anyway, we'll talk about that shortly when it's all thanks to the good people at Garmin. Garmin Satellite Navigation GPS Technologies Watches. GPS units for your car, boat, plane, doesn't matter what it is. Garmin has got you covered. Fitness watches, fitness trackers, they've got it all. Golf, even. Garmin.com.au. Tell you about them shortly. Uh, This is your tech life, and uh, it is a great pleasure to be with you each and every week. Uh, right here on your iPhone, your iPod, your Android phone, your Pocket Cast, your Apple iTunes podcast thing, whatever it is, wherever you're listening, thank you. It's great to have your company. Hey, so I had an email, and we'll talk to Brad shortly, but an email from Brad Hurst, and he started it with, Hey, Trev, recently joined the Twitter crew. Now, we're going to talk to Brad about his question Shortly, but the interesting part of that was, to me, the Twitter crew. Now, this is why I bang on about Twitter for a bit here, you see, because Twitter can become a kind of microcosm of self-centered individuals worried only about news and information. Well, I think Twitter can be so much more than that. It can be a real conversation between everyday people about everyday things, whether it's the TV show you're watching or the phone you just bought, doesn't matter what it is. So let's, let's have that Twitter crew, okay? Let's be a Twitter crew. If you're on Twitter... Um, I want you to jump on. I want you to follow the accounts that I run so that we can uh, we can have that community. We can have that discussion, uh, especially on the At Your Tech Life Twitter account. So At Your Tech Life is entirely about this podcast, essentially, and about technology. Uh, so At Your Tech Life or twitter.com forward slash Your Tech Life. Uh, my personal account is uh, twitter.com forward slash Trevor Long. And then there's, of course, EFTM, at EFTM. Now, the At Your Tech Life, I reckon what we do is there we have a conversation. If you've got a question or whatever it might be, or you just want to chat about technology, share photos of technology, join the Twitter crew. Follow At Your Tech Life and, and tweet me, say good day, and I will um, I will retweet it. I will share it, and we'll, we'll have a conversation as a, as a crew. The Twitter crew. So if you want to join the At Your Tech Life Twitter crew, go to twitter.com forward slash yourtechlife. And if you're already on Twitter, just search Your Tech Life and follow up and uh, let's make a crew out of it. But we'll talk to Brad shortly because he had a very, very uh, valid question. Now, um, I also mentioned last week uh, the iTunes ratings and rankings and I uh, questioned uh, whether or not one of the callers I could identify, one of the um, uh, one of the most recent comments that I had could be identified. And uh, that was, uh, that was, I think, Wazza. Now, I want to try and locate that. Um, because, you know, I got an email, it was very clear that, uh, that they were trying to, uh, to be that person that I had mentioned on the, uh, um, on the, on the, on the show last week when I was talking about, um, uh, the iTunes rankings and it was Warren Smith, not the Fox Sports guy. 
Um, but I trust you, Warren, because we have talked before. Wazza1234 was the name, and uh, he had a lovely comment last week. And a few more this week. So, Wazza, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to organise for you to get a Garmin Vivo Fit. I haven't asked them, but I'm sure they'll be lovely about it. I'm going to organise for you to get a Garmin Vivo Fit. And... Uh, have a look at some of the other comments here. So we've got uh, BJ Oz 69 Trevor provides great info and support. Very inspiring. Always happy to bat for the non-savvy. Uh, he's a daggy, daggy dad like me. Good on you, mate. Uh, and good work on the Wi-Fi advice there, mate. Uh, fantastic pon- podcast from Bonjour Van Damme. This is the first thing I listen to on a Wednesday morning. Well, happy Wednesday morning, Bonjour Van Damme. Um, uh, Zapod. I, now, I know you. We've we've talked before. Listener from day one, I, I know that name. Loads of helpful hints. Trevor has got me through quite a few scapes from podcast number one. Keep up the good work. And Mel slash Mark have limited technology knowledge, but I find the show easy to listen to, informative, unbiased, and entertaining. Recommend. Well, thank you so much. Now, here's my thing. There are 130 ratings, so people that have gone one star through to five, and there's 74 written reviews. Let's get that written reviews to a hundred. That could be big. We could we could we could hit some charts if we do that. Um, this is easily the most reviewed and most commented um, tech podcast in Australia. I'm I'm happy to take. I'm happy to say that because I'm confident about it. But I want you to uh, I want you to help me out to get that number to a hundred. So if you've been listening, I'm not asking you to pay me money to listen to the show. Garmin takes care of that. I want you to jump on the iTunes and, and leave a comment and a reference for other people to hear about it and learn about it. That's all I ask. It's very simple. That's all it is. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your Tech, tech Life with Trevor Long. So there was a story this week about drones. I should mention before I go on to drones, Two Blokes Talking Tech. We're testing live streaming that now. So last week we had a Google Hangout. You're able to watch that live on YouTube. We'll do that again Wednesday night, 9.30-ish. Um, so let's check that out now. Um, moving on, uh, drones, there was a bit of, um, there was a bit of news about, so a lady was sunbaking topless in a G string in her own backyard in the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. And a drone was sent up by a real estate agent, took some photos of the property next door, including the properties around it and the beach and the surroundings. And they put a big billboard up and it had that property on it highlighted. Plus next door was a woman lying face down, uh, sunbaking. Frankly, couldn't see a bloody thing. Uh, it's not like it was, you know, or even soft porn. It was ridiculous, the, the uproar about it. For a, woman, for a woman that wanted her privacy, she sure was on the TV a lot. Um, but anyway, it raised the question about drones and what they're able to be used for. And I was able to come at it with some expertise because I bought a drone last week. Uh, you may have, if you're following me on Twitter, you may have, may have seen some of those. Um, now, let me be clear. I um, you'll see in a month or so why I bought the drone. We're, we're doing some video work with it, but so that's what I want. I want to do some video work. It's just a hobby, and to be clear, EFTM's a hobby for me. So doing some some better video there is just making what we do better. I like it. And um, the day I bought the drone, I walked into Camzilla at Linfield. Um, they were they were on my way home. I drive past them every day, and I thought, oh, geez, I might pop in there. So I rang them. Because uh, I'd looked at prices online, they offered the same kind of prices, and I went, "No, nah, bugger, I'm going to go in." So I went in, and before I could pay, they gave me a brochure, which says, "Flying with control, get to know the rules." Australian Government, Civil Aviation Safety Authority, and on the back it says, "Important safety information." Now let me read this out to you, because this is what the the regulations are for hobbyists buying a drone. Congratulations on your purchase. We hope you have a lot of fun with it. Just a few things you need to remember. You must only operate this aircraft in your line of sight in daylight. Don't let it get too far away. You must not fly closer than 30 metres to vehicles, boats, buildings or people. You must not fly over any populous area such as beaches, other people's backyard, heavily populated parks or sports tables where there is a game in progress. If you're in controlled airspace, which covers most Australian cities, you must not fly higher than 120 metres. You should not fly within 5.5 kilometres of an airfield. And it's illegal to fly for money or economic reward if you have an, unless you have a, uh, an operator certificate from CASA. Very simple, I thought. Now, don't, don't let it get too far away. Look, I don't want to anyone. I'm scared of losing the thing. Don't fly within 30 metres of vehicles, boats, buildings or other people. So don't fly in the city. Uh, don't fly it over a freeway. Don't fly it over uh, a bunch of boats in a marina. Uh, don't fly over populous areas, so not over the beach. 
not over other people's backyards, not over a park with hundreds of people in it. And controlled airspace and all that's very legitimate. Now, the airfield thing was interesting because we were thinking about doing some filming out in um, uh, the out near Windsor. And I went, hang on a minute, Richmond Air Base. If there's one group of people you don't want to annoy when it comes to air, it's the Air Force. So I went well away from that. Now, a couple of things. I flew mine in the Lankove National Park. Um, no one around, no buildings around uh, in, in a single space. I think that was well within the regulations. I flew mine over my house, straight up in the air, over my roof and back. I did a pan and tilt around. You could see other people's yards, but I didn't fly over them, and there's no way you could have made out what was going on there. And frankly, it was a test flight. Um, I flew, I went up to Brooklyn in New South Wales, the Hawkesbury River, and in a park I flew up and around and I looked around. I didn't fly over the boats or over other people's homes. I flew at the local uh, sports oval, um, just to, to have some fun flying fast. There was no one else there. That's pretty much fun flying. That's the flying you want to do. If you're flying over people's homes, you're an idiot. If you're flying over the beach directly, you're an idiot. I've planned to fly mine out over the water and look back at the beach and the coast because it'll be a spectacular vision. But you won't be able to make out people. You won't be able to see whether people are wearing a bikini or that kind of stuff. Um, it's, a, it's a hobby. It's a, it's a fun thing. So those are the rules. But let's get to the good stuff. The drone. So I got a DJI Phantom 2. This is a serious quadcopter, so four spinning blades. And I also bought a thing called the the Zenmuse gimbal, which is this thing that sticks to the bottom of it and then basically steadies your camera. It, it provides the most sensationally still vision, no matter what your drone is doing, how it's moving. And then separately to that, I went and got a what they call FPV first-person view kit, installed so i can actually now see through the eye of that camera in real time sensational you're up for about 1800 bucks if you want all that and you've got to really want to do it you've really got to be into it if that's the money you're going to spend but it's a great device very easy to fly and if you've got like i cannot wait to take it to my brother's place out in the country in young uh, i can't wait to take it to my mum's pub up at walker road get some great footage there um, and we're going to take it up to a beach for a beach wedding and fly. I'm going to fly out over the water looking back at the beach. And uh, as I said, Bowen and I and a couple others, we're going to do some video stuff involving cars for later in the month. So you'll see that then. It's a bit of fun. And there will be morons who will fly it stupidly and inappropriately. We can't do much about them. They're on the road too. Um, but if you're looking for a drone, I've got to be honest, DJI Phantom 2, sensational. Um, Parrot are coming out with a new one very soon. I can't tell you much about, but that's also going to be very interesting and well worth a look. So a lot's happening in the drone space. If you want to read my full review of the DJI Phantom 2, go to eftm.com.au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. And the Vivo Fit is the fitness band from Garmin, the fitness band that moves at the pace of your life. It learns your activity level, assigns you a personalized daily goal, and it does that, and it also displays on your wrist the steps, calories, distance, and monitors your sleep. And the stunning thing about this device is it has over a year of battery life. And you can share your activity with Garmin Connect. It's a great little device, only $129 in uh, uh, six different colors. Great little device, well worth it, and a possible Christmas present, shall I say. So uh, check it out if you're into fitness products and you want to have one of these trackers on your arm that can, whether it's just for your sleep or whether it's for running, walking, whatever it might be, or daily activity, check out the Garmin VivoFit uh, and the uh, the Big Brother product, the Vivo Smart, which is something next level. I'll tell you about that next week. Uh, Garmin.com.au. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. Uh, jump on the interwebs and say good day. Go to the website, EFTM. Dot com that you can ring one eight hundred one five seven one five seven or you can jump on Twitter at EFTM at your tech life or at Trevor Long. G'day, Brad. G'day, Trev. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, mate, look, I hear you talking about Twitter all the time and giving a bit of bit of promo. Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd get on the other day and um, I signed up. Right. And I found it. I found it all pretty difficult to navigate and while I was getting you know working my way through it I guess you know through experience you sort of get to learn your way slowly but surely and I um, sent you off a tweet Mm. but while I was doing it I I really couldn't figure out what it was all about and uh, at Trevor Long's and I got a at Brad Hurst number two and the hashtags 
Yeah. So I'm not really sure what it's all about and what the what the purpose of of, of Twitter was. Like, it, it, it wasn't fun. No. And given that it's extremely hard to, well, I found it extremely hard to navigate. Yeah. I'm just not sure what all the intricacies are about for Right. Well, let's let's go Twitter one on one. It's a bloody great question, to be honest, and um, and you're spot on. I mean, I guess it's one of those things that I take far too much for granted, and um, and it's a good reminder that, geez, mate, it's a small number of the population that are across it, and and so so let's let's go with a couple of basics here and now, and then I'll I'll try and make a habit of of throwing in the odd tip and trick now and then. So you, you've you've crossed the first hurdle. You've gone to Twitter.com. You've registered. An account, and you now have your account, and you've 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 said told everyone what that is. So Brad Hurst two Hurst H I R S T. Now, what that means is that you know that's how people can find you, uh, and that's how people can follow you if they wanted to. Now, yep. um, you know, for without being disrespectful, for the average Joe, you know, getting followers is 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 a unique situation because really it's a, it's it's a small community. Um, it's more about what your interests are. So you'll find yeah, like-minded sure. people will follow you. Now, obviously, for me, it's a bit different because I'm asking people who see me on TV, listen to me on the radio, or hear the podcast to follow me because I might give them information about technology or my kids, whatever it might be. And so the reason I follow people, and that's the real key here, is that with Twitter, you're either following people or people are following you or both. Now, in my case, I follow about 500 different Twitter accounts, and those Twitter accounts range from close friends um, media colleagues, um, you know, respected media websites I follow, news organisations, maybe car companies, technology companies. And that allows me, so once you've established the list of people that you want to follow, that becomes like a news feed. It becomes a place for you to get information from those companies. Now, the number one thing I'd say to you is you've got to follow absolutely at a minimum like 20 to 50 people or accounts. Because otherwise... If you follow me, like I'm looking at who you're following. You're following Trevor Long, Your Tech Life, EFTM. Now, for a start, they're all going to be much of a muchness. You might get a bit more cars out of EFTM, and you'll hear most most stuff from me. You're following Stephen Fennick, beautiful. You're going to get all of his tech news as well. And you're following yep. American Express, so you might be an American Express customer, and you might... Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, that's very very interesting, because I'd suggest that they um, that happened because... Oh, actually, maybe you're not... It says promoted, so that they're putting that there as if you're following them, but you're not. That's very tricky from Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> so so if you're following just those four accounts, when you open up Twitter.com, the website, or you open up the app on your phone, all you're going to see from Twitter is the things that Stephen, Trevor, EFTM, and Your Tech Life are saying. And that's a very narrow window. Now, obviously, we mm-hmm. can share what other people are saying. So if, if the Prime Minister said something and I shared it, which is known as a retweet, then you'll see it as well. But to really get into it, what you need to do is Twitter has a pretty darn good now system on the website, most certainly called Discover. And there's a list there of who to follow. And it's a really great way to go, oh, okay, so you can scroll through here. And it's a little bit smart. It tries to work it out based on other things that you're doing. So it'll probably suggest to you a lot of technology to start with because you're following a lot of tech accounts. But for example, I've gone there. And it says, maybe I should follow Jason Bright, the V8 supercar driver. Maybe right. I should follow Ford Australia. So it's suggesting yep. all these people and accounts to me. So I would recommend to you that you go to the website, twitter.com. You click on yep. discover and you just follow bucket loads of accounts. Because yep. at this early stage, you can't really follow too many people. Over so every time, time they tweet. Every that, time you tweet. That comes up. Every time they tweet yes. something. So then I'll get something when I open it up in the app. Correct. Now, the crucial thing about Twitter is it is 100% um, a feed. So if, if, if Ruslan Kogan tweeted yesterday and then 100 other people who you follow tweeted after that, you'll only see Ruslan Kogan's tweet if you scroll back that far. Yeah. Right. Yep. So it's a very in the moment yep. thing. So you um, you've really got to. That's why I look at it several times a day. But otherwise, just remember that you're not seeing everything if you look at it once a night. But yep. the thing I do is I follow a lot and then I cull. I'm, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I if someone starts tweeting things that are really not of any interest to me, then I'll just go. You know what? It's not of interest to me. I'm going to clear that out because I'm following so many people. I want to clear it up a bit. 
So yeah. my, my first advice to you, and so let's call this lesson one, episode one <laughs> of Twitter <laughs> advice, is you've done the right thing. You've created an account. Now you want to follow a lot of people. And honestly, try and get that number past 50. Okay, yep. If you're sure. following 50 plus, even get to 100, doesn't matter. You can follow 1,000 people. But the more you follow, the busier it will be. And that's a good thing yep. and a bad thing. The busier it is, you, the more you miss. The the quieter it is, the more boring Twitter is. So you've got to find the balance. Yep. yep. What, what are you interested in? What's what's your kind of hobbies other than obviously technology um, podcasts? Uh, boating, camping. Beautiful. There'll be there'll uh, be gardening. There'll be people in those areas. Judy Horton, who I do a show with, uh, who does a show before me at Two UE um, from Yates, is on Twitter. She probably gives gardening advice. You'll probably find yep. maybe okay. yeah, Graham yeah, Ross good. or Sandra Ross might be on there from the Garden Clinic. Yeah. Um, maybe even Don Burke. I don't know, but. If you start searching for them, let's do a search. I wonder if Don Burke's on Twitter. I doubt, I doubt it. I just have this kind of, I wonder. Um, because, you know, that's the most famous gardening person in the world, in yeah. Australia, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, don't see much of him these days. No, I don't think he's on Twitter. I don't think he's on Twitter. But um, garden, let's look at uh, gardening. If we just So if we search for gardening, uh, just up in the top corner, I'm just on the website, I'm searching for gardening. Immediately, it says to me, hey, maybe you want to follow Gardening Know How. Maybe you want to follow the Telegraph Gardening. And then it lists all these other accounts worth following. And just, just follow them all. And then the ones that you don't like over time, stop following them. Yeah, so you just pick the cream of the crop. And over, over time, you'll pick the cream of the crop. Over time, the people that you kind of respect the most will, will, will retweet stuff that you like. So let's say Stephen Fennick and I, we, we, we share similar likes and interests. And if you see us both following someone or if we both share an article from someone you might think oh that's interesting and i might follow them as well so it's a way of learning how to find people okay um, yep. and, and really that's the most important thing twitter twitter it can be several styles of things it can be a, a broadcast platform so like your abc news 24 it's just broadcast just pumping out news bang 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 there's no conversation yep. it can be a voyeuristic platform which is where I recommend you go today, is you just become a voyeur. You just listen to what everyone's saying. And maybe now and then when you see really cool stuff, you just hit the retweet button. Now, yep. because no one's following you doesn't mean you shouldn't retweet or you shouldn't tweet. Um, so, for example, oh, if, okay, yeah. if you, mate, if you were, um, let's let's try and use a, a not too terrible an, an analysis. Maybe you're out, on, out in the western Sydney and you saw a grass fire and fireys out there already fighting the flames, but you took a photo of it with your phone, you might tweet, you know, a little grass fire on the M5, uh, you know, Western Sydney. Um, you mm-hmm. know, traffic's not going to be great today. Mate, a news organisation might find that. People might find that, and then they might realise that you're from Western Sydney, for example, and other people might follow you because you're from Western Sydney and like-minded, and that's how followers grow. They, they find okay, things yeah, that yeah. you do interesting. So don't be afraid to tweet just because there's only one person or two people following you, just tweet so anyway. What sort of stuff? What sort of stuff would you tweet though? So something exciting, like a well, not exciting, but you know something of a like a grass fire or something. But what about you know just say like I'm you know out on the boat somewhere and there's a great view. Do you just tweet bloody that? Bloody oath! Or? Bloody yeah. oath! You know another reason to do it is because it's a record. When you come back in a year and you look back, you can see photos that you posted a year ago. There's apps that show you what you did a year ago. Such exciting things. And the other one is television. You're watching TV. Now, TV, I remember State of Origin when I was a kid, you'd have 20 people around, you'd watch the State of Origin. These days, I've got kids, they're in bed upstairs, I'm sitting watching The Origin on my own. But when I'm watching The Origin, I'm saying, you know, go Queensland, hashtag Origin. I'm saying, yeah. great, to- great try, hashtag origin. Now, a hashtag is simply any word you choose with the hash in front of it. But for a big sporting event, you'll find that they actually promote a specific hashtag. Um, I- I've just seen, for example, a tweet from a mate of mine that-, that says, I met the great man Brian Lara on hashtag the back page tonight. <clears throat> now, the reason to use a hashtag is because it becomes part of an overall conversation then. So, so you just make that hashtag up like something that's a describing word of what exactly you've, you've tweeted. You can make it up or you can join in an existing hashtag. So you'll find the big TV shows, reality TV shows, the big sporting events will actually put the hashtag on the screen. 
You know, they'll yeah, put it okay. up there. And if you use that hashtag, not only can the people broadcasting that see it, not only can other... So I can search for a hashtag, right? If I was to just search for now or click on the um, the back page, which is that thing I saw a minute ago, although it's disappeared now. When I click on... Oh, here we go. Socceroos. Hashtag JPNVAUS. So that's a hashtag for the Japan v. Australia soccer match. And anyone that's tweeting about the Japan v. Australia soccer match is using that hashtag. So now I can can scroll through and read what everyone's saying about the Japan v. Australia soccer match. And it becomes this great way to to actually join a conversation. You You can search or click on that hashtag and see what other people are saying. You could reply to other people who you've never met before in your life and say, yeah, I agree, or you're kidding, you know, and just have a conversation. Yeah. So I did try a little bit of that. I tried to do, I was trying to work out what that hashtag Ziggy Zaggy was. Yes. So I did, <laughs> I did, I did a search for hashtag Ziggy Zaggy, and then it just came up with, uh, like, other people that were called Ziggy Zaggy or something. Right. And I, like, I, I just wasn't sure. I was a bit confused. I wasn't sure what I was, what I was seeing. And I thought, well, what's all this? Yeah. Ziggy, that give out. Now so, it's a big screen of people. So what you did, your tweet to me was not sure if I'm doing this right. All right, always hear you talk about Twitter and the Ziggy space Zaggy space hashtag with Stephen Fennick. So if you had have written instead of Ziggy space Zaggy, if you had have written the the letter the the hash, so shift three. Yeah, um, I and then that after I did it, I thought no, 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 that, no I just used that. And so then, people. if you search. For Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag, which we just made up, right? We don't own it. Anyone can tweet about it. So someone yesterday said something like, old Beps with a fast break, basket counts and one. I mean, who knows what that's about? It's probably about some sort of um, basketball game, but they use the Ziggy Zaggy hashtag. But the majority of the tweets, when you search for Ziggy Zaggy, are listeners to Two Blokes Talking Tech. Right. And you can see them there. And so and you can, name what has similar interests or exactly, and there's, there's a whole okay. stack of other stuff here. There's random things from around the world. Who who knows what they are? We don't own that hashtag. If we wanted to be a yeah. little bit more ownership on it, we'd probably probably write TBTT, like stands for Two Blokes Talking Tech or something like that. But we were just having fun with the with the dogs' names. Yeah, um, sure. So that's how you join a conversation, and that's how you. So on Wednesday nights now, we're we're kind of live streaming Two Blokes Talking Tech. That's how you'll find what other people are saying about the show yep. by, by searching for Ziggy Zaggy. So, mate, at this point in time, you've got your account. I want you to follow a whole bunch of people. And then, and then I want you to tweet tweet photos, tweet about the TV shows you're watching, tweet about your lunch. doesn't matter. And, yep. um, and then, you know, in a couple of weeks, see how you're going. And, mate, I try and I hopefully see all the tweets that come at me. I'll get a fair few, but always say good day and reach out on the Twitter as well, mate. Cool. Hey, yeah, one more question if you've got just... Yeah. Um, a, a brief moment. Yep. So when I'm on Facebook as well, yep. then I like someone has a photo yep. and you, you see all those hashtags on the bottom of their comments. Yep. Same thing, but a little how they, different. How, how does that happen? Is that through Twitter or is that a Facebook? Oh, well, it depends. If someone's shared a photo through Twitter, then often that is how they get put over there. But see, on Facebook, you can also use hashtags. So you can just, when, when you're in the process of writing, you can put a hash and then a word. Because Facebook realized it was a really good way to kind of tag conversations. The problem with Facebook is it's not all public. So, you know, if, if oh, you... Oh, yes, I got you. It's just your friends. Yeah. And so if someone right. searches yeah. for Ziggy Zaggy on Facebook, they're only going to see stuff that was made public, which is very, very small amount of content. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, okay. Get into it, mate. Yeah, will do. I'll get straight on it and see what I can see. All righty, mate. Enjoy and get back in touch when you want to have another chat, all right? You can be you can be time. you can be Twitter one oh one man and we'll we'll get you from from nothing to something to be the expert and you'll be telling all your friends about it. <laughs> Why not, mate? I'll give it a go. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Thanks, Trev. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, EFTM.com.au. Questions about technology, problems with technology, or you just want a lesson in Twitter. Your tech life. Episode 261. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. You can get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, Dominic. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Mate, I'm interested in a PVR that also acts as a DLNA media streamer. Right. Now, you say the word DLNA, or the acronym, 
yep. like you, do you know exactly what it means? Do you know what you're looking for there? I pretty am sure I know what it means. I currently use it from my um, Windows PC to mm. stream to my uh, Chromecast and to my T box. Excellent. So any so anything I've got in my um on my hard drive or even on a USB that's connected to the computer, I can stream to my Chromecast or T box. But what I've got going on is I'm recording from free to air the program called Monster Trucks for my kids. Oh yeah. And and I record on the T box and the T box recordings are encrypted. So I can only watch those recordings on the T-Box. Yes, yes. Pro- Problem is, the wife doesn't like always watching monster trucks in the upstairs lounge room. Funny so that. I want to be able to, yeah. So I want to be able to screen these recordings to our TV downstairs. Yes, well, you've got a reasonable. Um, well, you've got a reasonable setup there, mate. That's uh, that's working quite nicely. Um, there are a lot that don't do uh, DLNA now. I would suggest to you the brands to look for. You're happy to replace the T-Box. Obviously. I am. Yeah. So, yep. and you know, is your, I mean, the T box is great, but, you know, and the good thing is you can keep the T box for things like uh, movies on demand if you use the Big Pond movies and stuff like that. It's not the end of the world. Um, I'd be yeah. looking for Topfield, uh, Humax, and the other one I'd suggest is, is Fetch, which I'm a massive fan of. But again, there's kind of a monthly, five, there's five bucks a month at a minimum there. But it will replace the T box almost entirely because you can get movies and everything through that as well. So, Topfield, Humax, Fetch. Um, oh, the pick of the bunch for me would be the Fetch just because of the total package that is possible there. Um, Fetch also have a pretty decent um, uh, app that runs across all your devices, so you'd be able to just pull stuff anywhere. Um, but for, for raw kind of PVR with DLNA, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the Humaxes are pretty darn good too. Okay, so with the Fetch, I'd be able to record on the Fetch, Yep. watch it on an iPad and maybe even what, cast that iPad onto another TV? I don't know if you can cast it onto a TV. What you're better off doing at the other TV level is getting a DLNA yep. player, like, um, I'm trying to think of something, but maybe, I don't know if they still okay. make them, the Netgear Neos, WD the WDTV. And then, yep. because then the beautiful thing is what happens with DLNA, for, and for those that listening that don't understand, DLNA is just a, a mechanism by which you can move um, content around your network without copying it, so stream content. And the good thing about DLNA is, so if you've got a, a show on your um, on your on your Humax, uh, and you want to watch it on another TV with a WD TV on it, you can use your iPad or your Android tablet to to tell it to do that. But the tablet doesn't need to stay doing that. You, you can be playing Angry Birds on the tablet; it just kind of initiates the connection and doesn't actually play a role in it. Um, yeah, that's what the Chromecast does. Yeah, and and that's kind yeah. of perfect for that, really, isn't it? My my advice to you, though, even though you know I sound really confident about this, is to do a lot of research before you buy, because yeah, DLNA isn't as simple as it might sound when it comes to recordings of free to air. Now the fetch situation is is basically. I can't even tell you for sure that it, it you can DLNA a piece of free-to-air recording. I know for a fact that you can watch a, a recording on your iPad, but I'm not sure it, it, it becomes DLNA capable because that's, oh, okay. that's the rights under which you know they're allowed to create a PVR is that it must adhere to the copyright. So that may oh, be okay. why it won't stream free-to-air content. And that may be essentially just why the T-Box doesn't do it. Um, yeah. so you'd need to, the place I'd be looking and asking additional information is Whirlpool. Have you ever been there? I am on the Whirlpool. I'm a frequent on Whirlpool, actually. Oh, I, I'm a massive fan of it. Mate, they, they are it's such a great community. To be honest, a bunch yeah. of narcs, but then that's, <laughs> that's probably two or 3% of the place. But, and I, I worry about uh, Whirlpool for the average user, which is why I asked you if you've been there, because it can be a bit daunting. You know, it's just really raw content, um, you know, not really categorized. You've kind of got to understand what it is. But, you know, you find the right yeah. forum there, um, you're going to get literal, yeah. um, br- not just brand, but you're going to get make and model recommendations. You're going you're gonna to be able to quiz people who own them. It becomes a really great way to, to make buying decisions. And, you know, the big companies are looking at that all the time. They're, they are all over Whirlpool. They're reading it. They're responding to it. They're very, they're very aware of its power. But, you know, you're going to end up spending 600 bucks, mate, to replace that T-Box. So, so to be clear, it's not going to be cheap. I know. I know. I looked at Topfields and Humaxes, and they're about 300 to 400 but I'm not sure if they're going to do uh, what I want them to do, which is that, that 
DNA streaming capability. Well, so interestingly, I'm that's reading really, that's really the key. I'm reading a quick thing here on the on one of the Humaxes, and uh, and it says yep. DLNA server for archiving TV recordings or streaming files to other devices. It says in, in brackets, including TV recordings, once encryption is disabled in an upcoming firmware update. So, uh, yeah. off the top, no. But potentially it's already there in a firmware update. Potentially you might need to, you know, that's where you might need to tinker a bit with those kind of updates. Yeah. But worth that's a try. Understand. understand, mate. And the other thing to, to think about, what channel is the Monster Trucks on, Monster Jam on? 1HD. It's, it's not on um, 10 what's it called? 10 Play, I think. Yeah, I it's not gonna... on 10 Play. It's really annoying. It's like you can read my mind. Um... <laughs> well, I am on um, World Tour, so I do have a look around and... and do ask questions, especially about T-Box on there. I'm all over the T-Box forums. Yeah, right, right. And, well, the thing about Template, so Template is their catch-up service for, for other people. And, you know, the problem is when TV companies buy TV shows, let's say, pick a random number, let's say they're paying $20,000 per, per episode. Um, if they say, oh, and we want the catch-up rights, so we want to be able to play it for 14 days on our website, the company's yep. going to charge them twenty five grand, and they're going to go, it's not worth it. Like, it's just not worth yeah. it. So the problem is yep. the the content creators catching up with us consumers, and sooner or later we'll get there. But it's it's a bit of a middle ground at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. All right, okay, Dominic. Mate. Well, good luck, mate. Let me know where you end up on, mate. I'd be keen to get your uh, your review and your thoughts, buddy. Thank you very much, mate. Love the show. Thank you very much. Good on you. And uh, you can get in touch as well, just like Dominic did. Just go to the website eftm.com.au. Your tech life with Trevor Long. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. You can get in touch anytime. You've got a question about technology, problem with technology, doesn't matter what it is, just get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Call 1 800 157 157, or you can jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. Now, earlier in the week, I uh, was on the Today Show talking about parenting apps. And, uh, you know, I've got three kids, eight, four, and three now. And, geez, imagine if these things were around just that eight years ago. I mean, that's how fast technology moves, even I. The, the tech guy didn't get the advantage of apps for my kids. So um, the world has moved a long way. We talked about a couple of really cool apps. Um, I think my favorite one for me would have been Who's Your Daddy? Very male-focused app. Um, a, lot of, a lot of stuff around parenting focuses on the mums, which is completely fair enough, but, um, but some fun stuff. And the other one we talked about was the Baby Diaries. And uh, I had a Twitter conversation and uh, since then some emails with the co-founder and director of the app, The Baby Diaries, Tara O'Connell and Tara's on the line. G'day, Tara. Hey, how are you? I'm really good. Tell me about the Baby Diaries. When, how long ago did you start it and, and how did that come about? Well, it's funny that you said you wish it was around eight years ago, Trevor, because I actually had a, my first child 13 years ago. Oh. So with an 11-year gap between the two boys, I actually identified that, yeah, I wish there was an app and I assumed there would be and there wasn't. So mm-hmm. what actually happened, it was two years ago, um, my second child, Alexander, was in the emergency ward. Um, I'm from Newcastle, so we were in the John Hunter Hospital and the nurses were asking me how many wet nappies he'd had in the last 24 hours. Mm. He was only oh, not quite four months old. Right. And I had no, no idea. idea. No. <laughs> I'd probably written it down on a piece of paper somewhere. No, it's in your head. Be able to you keep yeah, that information. <laughs> you know for yourself that, you know you know when it's been two days, you're like, hang on, they definitely haven't had a wet nap. Before. You know That's that you right, fed exactly. them four hours ago or whatever it was, maybe half an hour, give or take. And, you know, kids cry when they're hungry. So after a while, and especially as a second time parent, you realize they're just little human beings. Um, you, you can't exactly. harm them just by missing half an hour of, of time on the feed. But it does make a difference, doesn't it? And when I downloaded the app, to um to have a look at it before we did the today show um you know i thought about it and i th- you know it's just such a simple concept that you can you can have multiple children listed and you're simply just listing events you're saying i oh, i just fed and obviously for for breastfeeding mums it's sensational because you're saying radio left breast start recording and you can just put the phone down you could get onto angry birds whatever you want to do pinterest right, candy crush pinterest most likely i would have suggested <laughs> um and and then you know okay swap over sides and and stop and start the feed again or in our case we bottle fed honestly this would have been a godsend i would have had just an ipad sitting in the kitchen or something for this and we would have just left it there so no matter who was up for the feed um, they could check when the last one was, check how much it was, and feed. And then the best thing is, when you when you need to visit a doctor or you've got a nurse's visit, 
The information's all there for you at a glance in, under the activities. It's just sensational. Absolutely. And, and so when you're in you know, a hospital or at the doctors and your child's unwell and they want to know, because how many wet nappies is a huge indicator of, of whether yeah. or not the baby is feeding properly, whether or not, you know, how sick they yeah. actually are. And when I didn't know, my sister's actually a midwife and she was with me. I, another side story is I, I had actually become um, literally overnight without warning uh, a single parent yeah. when Alexander was 11 months old. So I was already, my world was already a little crazy at the time. Mm. So my sister was there with me and I just said, look, surely there's an app for this. You know, 12 <laughs> years on, 11 years on, there must be an app for this. She works in one of the most, um, in one of the busiest public hospitals in New South Wales. Mm. And she said, actually, no, I haven't <laughs> seen anyone using anything. Um, so I spent three months researching, um, doing the due diligence, making sure, you know, <laughs> there wasn't one. I, I wasn't recreating, you know, reinventing the wheel. There were some, there were some, and they did bits of what I wanted because mm. I, of course, I wanted more than nappies. I wanted feeding and I wanted sleeping. I also wanted milestones. Yep. Because life I've got probably... no idea when my kids first stepped. No. And who does? What a father I really, am. Really, let's be honest about it. You know what I've done? My son, Jacob, I've actually gone in and just made it up. I was just going to say, <laughs> let's just make it up. <laughs> I just made it up. Cause it, oh, what are they going to so check? That I didn't know. No, can't. Well, who would know? Exactly. Never know. So I've just made it up. He's got a beautifully completed baby book that I did when he was about 10. Yeah. Um, so, you know, who knows? If, but we want to know. I'd love to know when he first I'd love to know when he got his first tooth. Even not necessarily those major milestones, mm. but things like, you know, when did we go to the, when was his first trip to the beach? Yeah. When did he first swim in the ocean? We live on the coast. Mm. So things like that I've been able to record for Alexander. So we live in Newcastle. We're right on the coast. You know, photo of him at the beach, photo of the time he first touched the water. There it is, date and time and photo. Off we go. It's fantastic. Now, remind me, did I pay for this when I downloaded it? So there is a free version, mm -hmm. and the free version is basically all of your daily routine. And then you can pay, I think it's around $2 at the moment. Um, Apple, interestingly, Apple actually sets the prices. Um, it's around $2 in Australia. You can pay to get the extra two features one of which is the milestones. The other one, which I've only just recently added, is that, is being able to share the data. I was so, just going to say, uh, I, and I, hadn't, I haven't thoroughly tested the app, but it would be good if it was kind of cloud-synced or something so that my wife and my phones were up to date. Is that... Exactly. Hmm. So you can push the data. At the moment, you just push it, Bluetooth push it. Mm -hmm. And I, the reason I initially did this was, again, as I'm on my own, I had a nanny looking after Alexander and it used to take me half an hour to do mm. the handover morning and afternoon. This is literally a five-second push the data across and you've got consistency of care. The other thing that has since come to mind is that in Australia and, and around the world, we have a 50% divorce rate. 20% of all divorced parents have children under the age of four. What? Most of, yeah, yeah. Most of them don't want to speak to each other. <laughs> Fair enough. But they need to be able to share this information. It's actually quite vital information. Yes, very much so. And so they can actually still share information about their toddler or baby by just pushing the data, you know, back and forth yeah. during that handover period. Well, so how, did you, quite... how did you find a developer? I've got to be honest, it's a very common question I get. Not, not weekly, but regularly someone says, I've got an idea for an app. Where do I go? How did you find a developer? And so I was really fortunate. I have uh, a colleague in Newcastle. Uh, my background is, is tourism. And so we've always used a company called Out of the Square Media, who was fantastic. And so I went along to my colleague, Marty Adnam, and said, look, Marty, I've got this great idea. You know, where do I go from here? And he loved it. And well, they came back with a quote. They found their developer, came back with a quote, which was double what I really had budgeted. And Marty said to me, look, I love this. Um, he doesn't have kids but could see the potential and yep. just said, look, I'm happy to come on as a partner. So I've got this fantastic partnership with this media group, which is gold because yeah. they do all of my website, all of the design features and so mm. forth, and, and they're the ones who actually liaise with the app developer on my behalf. Um, but it, it, it's hard to find an app developer. Uh, finding an app developer who can do something within your budget despite yes. what, you know, I saw a program on, I think it was a current affair, 
talking about, you know, you can create, and there are all these, these ads now on Facebook, create an app for $2,000. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you. If it's $2,000, it ain't going to be very good. It's not going to be very good. And, you know, interestingly, only 1% of apps in the whole world succeed. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. The, so the other thing is a lot of people create the app and then it just it's sits there. there. And um, is it going they, well for you? I mean, um, obviously, you get them kind of hook, line, and sinker with the early stuff, but then you realize that, hey, I could record walking or whatever here. Is is the take-up rate of the paid version going well for you, obviously? It is. Yeah. The um, the global standard is about 20%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you've got a free and a paid, you've got about 20%. Mine's actually about 60%. Wow. Because mums want to be able to, you know, $2. Yeah, you can record yeah. your, your baby's milestone. $2 at the click of a, a possibly even just with a fingerprint while you're breastfeeding. It's that easy. Do you know what I mean? That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, it's been it's really good, and uh, and uh, it's opened up a whole new world for me. I I have a um a separate business which is all about marketing and and PR and partnershiping um with apps. Yeah, for, right. And and that in it, so I just love it. I'm absolutely loving life at the moment. It's fantastic. Oh, that is awesome. How old are your kids now? So Jacob's thirteen. He's just transitioned into high school this oh. year, and Alexander's two and a half. Gorgeous. And he is busy. Busy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my little Harry just turned three, and he is, um, well, he's just lucky he's cute. Let me put it that way. Right. I say that to Alexander sometimes. You know, you're just lucky that you're good-looking, mate, because... Yeah. <laughs> if eBay had a baby section, well, yeah. let's not go there, okay? Maybe it's the last one. That might be what it is. Oh, no, we I'm have that sure. with all of them. Um, <laughs> uh, it is a great idea. It is very well executed, um, and obviously it's a global phenomenon because, you know, there's nothing about this that is Australia. Um, this is a global app, isn't it? It is a global app. It's now been downloaded on every continent on Earth in 15 oh, different languages. Do you, do you talk about any numbers in terms of the number of downloads or anything like that publicly? Uh, not publicly. When yeah. I speak to partners, of course, I'll say yeah, things yeah, like, say there's 100,000 downloads and yeah. they see it 10 times a day. There's 1 million views a day. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's powerful stuff. Well, well, well done. Congratulations. I love the Thank app. Um, it was it was good to talk about it. Hopefully, I don't know, you got a couple of downloads um, after the Today Show. And uh, more more importantly, awareness. Because people, when they search for that, that app, when they're just about to have a first baby, um, and, you know, that, there's a lot of recommendations that come around at that time of your life. And uh, hopefully this app is just another one of them. Good on you. Thanks so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life. Get in touch anytime. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. G'day, John. G'day, Trevor. What's happening, mate? Yeah, um, yeah. I, was, I, I listened, listened to your podcast a little while ago about... Well, no, you did it a little while ago. I listened to it a few days ago. You're still catching um, up, mate. You're still catching up on the episodes. Yeah, look, I haven't deleted any of them. I'm just working my way through them. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah. Fetch TV. Yeah. Um, so is, is that still just Harvey Norman, is it? Um, from what I know, Harvey Norman is the retail channel for them, yes. Uh, okay. And obviously there's, um, you know, there's internet providers, so Optus and IINet, if you're with any of them, are another good way to get it, so it's kind of part of your plan. Well, that's the thing. I'm with Telstra from my um, home internet, and they've just got the T-Box, and that's not too impressive. It's not a bad box, though. I don't mind it. I mean, the tea box, I don't know. It's not terrible. What What don't you like about it? Um, I don't. Well, it's a bit hard to know what's actually inside. I, I'd like to, to um, I mean, you look on a website mm. and it just doesn't tell you much. So yeah, you really true. don't know what it's got. Yeah. Look, I mean, it, it, what it is, is really an IPTV box. Um, it's got a reasonable PVR, reasonable um, interface. Like I think it, uh, probably up until Fetch, I actually thought it probably had the best interface I'd seen. Very different. Okay. And, and I think that was a good thing that they kind of rethought it. Um, it but the IPTV stuff's a bit bit sketchy. Um, it only has two tuners, so you're only recording one thing, watching another. Um, so there's a couple of things working against it. But, you know, in terms of a subscription package, it's a pretty good deal in that sense. Yeah, so when you've got a, um, one of these PVRs or whatever connected to a TV, you've got the TV tuner as well, so you can watch what's live, or you can True. watch what you what you've recorded. So you end up with about three three tuners in that sense. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Fetch, for example, yeah. has three built in, so you can be recording two, watching another, 
um, without having to switch back to your TV. Oh, okay, yeah. Because the, like the strong one, which I currently have, it's got two tuners, but you can watch three, or you can record three, provided two You're of them are on one, the one network. Yeah, right. Oh, yes, yeah. because, yes, yes, that's a smart thing around digital TV. So it's, it's basically bringing, because each, each network is actually one stream, one digital stream of content. And so what you're watching when you're watching Channel 10, your your tuner is actually receiving 1, 11, and their shopping channels as well. And so you could record them at the same time because it doesn't actually use up a whole other tuner. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a smart feature. But in reality, how many times is that going to come in handy? Yeah. Um, I guess the one of the things, too, when I bought the Strong unit, um, the, the guy in the shop said, like, I, w- I was looking at that, and the other one, I guess, is Top Field yep. uh, in PVRs, and he was saying that the tuner, mm. the, quality, the, the quality of the tuner in the Strong is better than what you get in, in Top Field and a lot of the TVs. And I think, like, I've got a 32-inch uh, uh, oh, Samsung TV, mm. and when I, when I watch TV through the Strong recorder, it's actually better quality than on the, really? on the you can, TV. Really? You, yeah. vis- you can visibly notice the difference between tuners. That's amazing. Yeah, I think it's a little bit clearer. It might be because the guy sold me that and said, well, it's better and, I, and maybe I believe it. But... I would have said to you that the normal difference I find with the quality of tuners, yeah. and I'm not I'm not an audiophile or a videophile, so I don't really notice the, the big, the intricate little things like that. But I would yeah. say to you the big thing I often find is the cheaper PVR, the cheaper tuners, whether they're in a TV or what, have have worse reception. So they're not as powerful, so they're not able to draw the signal in as well. And I often have that. Yeah. People ring up and they say, oh, my TV in my bedroom's not working very well. And I say, well, switch it around with your, with your lounge room one. And if it's working okay, then it's not the antenna, it's not your area, it's the TV. And you most yeah. likely need a booster. And I think that's probably where you'll find... Um, issues with with cheaper PVRs, for example, is is they may not have as good a quality. But if you're in a good area, you're not going to notice. Yeah. So the, the strong one, it's it, uh, I guess it's the user interface. It's it's Terrible. it's pretty awful. Yeah. Right. So when when you get into the fetch, oh, that sounds like that's got a good user interface. It does, um, mate. It's it's the best. It's the best on the market. It's uh it's really intuitive. The PVR interface I find stunning because, so for example, and this may be on other things, but I haven't seen them, but when we record a bucket load of TV shows for kids on, on, on our Foxtel IQ, for example, it just lists everything you've recorded in chronological order. Yeah. On, on the fetch, it's like Peppa Pig. That's a folder. Um, you know, George, George the Giant or whatever it is, that's a folder. Seinfeld, that's a folder. And then under that, it often will also do, if it has the data, it will also do seasons. So everything's yeah. categorized so smart, so it's easy to find. And secondly, you can intelligently record. So you can say, just record every episode of Peppa Pig, just make it happen. But then you can say, you know what, only record the most recent, only keep and record the most recent two Channel 9 news, because I don't want to watch the news from three days ago. Um, but, you know, record the last five days of current affair. So you can, you can be really intelligent about what you want to keep and therefore clean up among your PVR, because that hard drive space is critical. Yeah, and I guess the other thing too is what I, I usually add ten minutes at the beginning and the end because TV shows don't run on time. Yeah. Um, but with the fetch one, that takes care of that, doesn't it? Because it's got a live EPG, yes. So you yeah. really need to do that. Honestly, I you can still put it in there, but you shouldn't need to because it's got a live EPG. Yeah, that's a good that's a good feature. And the live EPG, basically, for people that don't know, means rather than just taking a thing that the, the TV station's outputted, even if it was that afternoon, um, while a TV show is being transmitted, EPG data is being transmitted. So if it's reading that data, called the CRID data, then it's it's genuinely gonna gonna actually start the recording at the right time. So, but you know what you do when you buy a fetch is you test it. You know you test it on some shows you don't care about, and you realise it works fine, and then you remove the ten minutes and you you're freeing up hard drives. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So, mate, I do think the Fetch is the best in the market. Um, and, and, you know, it's five bucks a month ongoing because you've got to have this. They, they want you on the books, basically, and you get access to movies for that. But there is there is a whole other world. You know, they've got all the catch-up services in one place. It's Mate, it's a great little box. It really is. 
Speaking of catch-up services, I find, um, like, I've got a Sony um, home theatre system and it's got mm. 10 and all these sorts of things. Yep. But it's got less content on there than what you get on your computer. Yeah, and that's because the rights, when a TV company buys a TV show, they're often allowed to buy the catch-up rights and they may be platform-dependent. So... It's as stupid as it sounds because you, you and me, the home viewer, don't realize this, but they're only allowed to have the computer catch-up rights. They're not allowed to have mobile catch-up rights or you know smart TV catch-up rights. It's just so stupid. It's not funny, but that's the way the industry rolls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so if I can't find it on the home theater system, I'll, I'll Bring it up just plug my laptop into the TV. <laughs> isn't that funny? And that, and, and that works. Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. isn't it? All right, well, mate, that's my advice. Uh, worth checking around, but I, I do. I am a, a strong believer in the fetch box. I've been using it for for an ongoing period now for a while, and it seems to suit my family really, really well. So, um, and I don't have any problems with the quality or the navigation. So, highly recommended, mate. Great, thanks. Can I ask another question? Yeah, hit me. Yeah, I, I sent you another email about um, our resolution laptops. Right. Um, now you were talking to another caller about um, the various criteria for buying a good laptop, but you didn't mention screen resolution. Yeah, and it's a frustrating thing. I'll be honest with you. It's it's starting to really bug me, John, because uh, yeah. and you raise a good point. I've, I received yesterday the Lenovo Yoga 3, which is just honestly the most beautiful laptop I've ever seen. So thin, yeah. so excellent. But I turn it on, the resolution's Im- impeccable, but you know, you open a random app or a random something that isn't, you know, made for that resolution. It looks appalling because it's so tiny on the screen. And you're like, hang on a minute, I can't read that. And I don't know, Windows just needs to get its stuff sorted out because it's really frustrating for me. And it's frustrating me. I can't imagine what the average Joe's thinking. What, so is the problem with Windows, is it? Yeah, well, basically because they, a lot of apps. So it's, it's, it's kind of, they, I think Windows suffers from what Android suffers from. There's too many yeah. different screens. And so an app developer needs to build an app for any computer, not just like for high resolution screens. And that becomes yeah. a problem. So you've got to you've really got to tinker around. It is possible to tinker around. Um, you've got to change like the, the zoom settings, you've got to change a few things here and there, and it, it becomes better. But I just find it it's it's insanity because there's some great resolution screens out there. We might be talking about something else. Like I, I bought an Asus laptop yep. and it looked fine in the shop when I bought it, and then mm. I got it home and discovered the resolution was nearly as good as my pre- as in my previous Dell laptop. In terms of the amount of stuff that fits on the screen or the quality of it? Well, the number of pixels, I guess. Like, I've got whatever, you might remember the numbers, but it's like 1,300 and something by 768. 768, yeah. Um, on, on this Asus one. And the previous Dell one was much, much higher, higher resolutions. So when you were when you were reading, say, a web page, you've, or, got, you've got to scroll. You've only got two paragraphs instead of four on the screen, for example. Yeah, or if you're doing spreadsheets, you know, you sit a lot more on when you've got higher resolution. So um, I think you've got to be careful when you buy a laptop that you check out the resolution if. Resolution is important to you. And not, look, I agree. The one, my one gripe about my MacBook Air 11 inch, which I love yeah. as a device, is the screen resolution is quite poor, and and for that very reason, I I end up, you know, you can only see a half of what's intended to be seen on a website. So it is frustrating. You make a very good point, and I'll add that to my checklist of of uh, things to recommend when I'm talking about computers, mate. Good on you. Yeah, very good. Okay, then. Thank you, thanks, mate. Trevor. And thank you okay, for getting in touch. Show. Okay, thanks. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Let's go to calls. G'day, Lenny. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Trevor, I've got this um, device I'd like to tell everyone about, Mm -hmm. and it might help some people that are paying for Foxtel at the moment. It's... um, the Amazon Fire TV loaded with XBMC, which is Xbox Media Center software. Right. And through that software, um, I bought this box through eBay. Um, a guy's, uh, there's, there's 
apps you can get for it, which helps you um, stream movies and TV shows to your TV. Right. And so what sort of movies and TV shows? Are you paying for them? No, not paying for them, which is, I'm presuming, maybe a little bit illegal, but it's... I'm not sure about the legality of it, but, um, yeah, it's... What app? I TV mean, when, when you when you load... The Amazon Fire. So Amazon Fire uh, TV is you know, like, kind of like an Apple TV. Let's let's make it simple. Yeah. Um, and there's apps yeah. on it. You know, there's Netflix, there's Hulu Plus. It's a very American device because it's not available in Australia. And mm-hmm. um, what app do you open up to do that? Um, well, I don't use any of the Amazon Fire stuff. Right. Um, it's got his, his like um, jailbreak XBMC into it as well. So you go to an XBMC, you go to the app part of it, and instead of using Hulu or Netflix, you use this XBMC, um, XBMC app, and it opens up the software. And then through that, there's a like a, like a Play Store where you can right. um, get all these movie streams and TV streams and live sports streams. And you'd like this part, Trevor. The live sports streams. I can watch um, um, F1 from United Kingdom, and you watch the whole weekend of um, of the F1. Mm-hmm. Some Sky Sports, Sky Sports F1 HD. Now you have my interest. <laughs> yeah, I knew you'd like that part of it. Well, well I'm a, there's um, no doubt, I'm an though. F1 fan as well. Let's be clear, it's illegal. There's just well, the guy, the guy no that doubt. I bought it off said, um, this is what he told me, mm. um, to download to a disc or hard drive is illegal, but mm. to stream is not, not illegal. No, complete... Bullswool, but the thing is, they're not going to come looking for you, Lenny. I mean, they're going to come looking for the bloke that has set up his Sky TV box in the UK and is distributing that content. He's the bloke that's most in trouble. But mm-hmm. so, so you're right. It's not illegal to watch it, but uh, I mean, where where do you draw the line? Where's the grey line? The thing about it is, and mate, oh, go for your life, knock yourself out, essentially. But just remember, you, you start relying on it. And then you'll be very disappointed one day because because one day it'll just disappear because the, the Sky Sports will finally crack down on it and that, that won't be available. So you just got to, mate, enjoy it while it's there, essentially. Um, and, and then when it disappears, either find an alternative or deal with the fact that it's gone because it's it's illegal for someone to redistribute you know live TV content to another platform and uh, or to make programs that they've recorded available to other people. That That's illegal. Um, watching them, yeah, I don't know. You know, that's a grey area which we're all dealing with. But mate, if you found mm-hmm. a great device and it's working for you, mm-hmm. then enjoy its yep. content. Just be wary that it won't last forever. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Fantastic. Well, so, in, what's in, it called? Any of your listeners, Amazon Fire TV. Amazon TV. And you bought it on eBay. It, um, bought it off eBay. There's a couple of guys that sell it. There's one in Victoria and one in New South Wales, and the guy that I bought it from him is from Brisbane. And it's uh, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV Killer. This is, I found on eBay by accident. And mm. it's Apple TV 2 Killer loaded with XBMC. Beautiful. Something like that, under that sort of type of heading. Yeah, very good. I was, I was sort of like looking at Apple TV. I, I, I was looking at the Apple TV category and sort of seen it there and read about it. I watched this thing, watched these boxes. They're all over, they're for sale all over the world. But um, I was watching the, following the Australians, the Australian ones for a couple of months, just because I didn't know much about it. I just followed it and watched it, and there's different boxes. This one's on Amazon. There's um, MX boxes, Android MX boxes, and MX8 boxes, and all these different ones. They're all, all of them are Android. Mm. Um, and this one, this one guy in Brisbane said this is the best one he had, and because he was in Brisbane, and I'm in Brisbane, and it was, he said he'd, um, he's got, like, aftercare. If any questions, I've already sent the box back to him once to, to be reinstated the software reinstalled because yep. I accidentally deleted something and he reinstalled it. He's looked after me with that part of it. So very really, good, really happy with the box. All right, Lenny. I'm sure if your listeners want to save money, that's maybe one way of um, cutting the cost of the cable. Beautiful. Good on you, Lenny. Well, good luck, mate. And enjoy your little, uh, enjoy your little box while you got it, mate. That sounds great. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Okay. Thank you. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au or jump on Twitter at Trevor Long. Right, we packed a lot in there. A few people we didn't get to this week. Um, Samantha, Lee, Vicky, uh, try and get to you next week. 
Uh, if you've got a question, a comment, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your, your life, jump on the email. Go to the website, eftm.com.au. Um, send me an email. I'll get you on the show. We'll have a chat. Or you can jump on Twitter, at Trevor Long. Uh, or you can call 1-800-157-157. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, great to chat. Great to help you out with your technology needs and questions. And next week, we're going to talk about shoes. Uh, genuinely, we're going to talk about shoes. Kid you not. You're wondering what I'm talking about? Well, you have to wait and see, okay? And if you can guess, if you can guess, send me an email. No price, just, you know, interaction. Say good day and join the Twitter crew. Uh, jump on Twitter, follow me, at Trevor Long and at Your Tech Life. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Back again next week. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. But Trevor-